0: Austin Found is sponsored by the LBJ Presidential Library. Listen to the library's new podcast With the Bark Off, conversations from the LBJ Presidential Library. Candid and revealing episodes will be added each week. Subscribe for free in your preferred podcast app.
1: Welcome
0: back to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm JB Hager. I'm Michael Barnes of the Austin American Statesman. This is Austin Found. And today we're going to talk about a very rich, lengthy history of a hospital that
1: has just recently come to the ground. Right. Brackenridge. Right. right. Brackenridge. Was up for 133 years. Wow! It was the oldest public hospital in Texas, one of the oldest in the country, and everybody has a Brack story. When I wrote the story that you saw in Indelible Austin, uh, the book, when I wrote it, um, it was the most popular by measure of page views history story I'd ever done. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody went through there at some time.
0: So you think about it; it was really built be- well.
1: Took a while to build, but we're talking about going back to 1884. Exactly. There had been some hospitals here before, kind of informal affairs, but the city and the county got together and they decided that they would open a public hospital so that anybody could get taken care of. And this was a fresh idea. Houston was trying to do it as well. They were still stinging from the fact that that we got the capital and they didn't. Uh, But we opened ours, the city county hospital, interestingly enough, on the exact spot where the original uh, urban planners in 1839 who'd made the original grid map of Austin had put in that spot where the hospital would be. And it ended up there. Oh, wow. Not until 1884. Is like a Queen Anne Victoria building, a Victorian building, and it didn't have that many rooms, but it looks solid. And people really distrusted hospitals back then. You know, they thought if you got shot, you're probably going to go there and you're probably going to die. So You're better off to just <laughs> tough it out or treat it at home. Well, also, because you can still to today pick up things right, in the hospital. Right. And, uh, and so there was a strong distrust of hospitals. But long in the early 20th century came along a crusader whose name was later attached to the building, and that's Dr. Brackenridge. He did not practice medicine here, but he was part of three brothers who were very, very big, big uh, leaders in town. One of them was the George Brackenridge, that after whom the Brackenridge tracked and a lot of UT things were named Anyway, he pushed and pushed and pushed. Oh, wait, the Brackenridge track, that's the Lake Austin Boulevard track. Right, right, right. He gave that to the university so they could move there Mm -hmm. because if things were going to get too tight uh, up on the 40 acres north of the the capital he really thought you know a lakeside wooded campus would be great and it never happened and of course the university still owns it and as you know we'll do this on another episode yeah they fight over it all the time (laughs) right but anyway he lobbied and lobbied the state and and the local groups to uh, update the hospital and in the teens it became a really modern hospital and the beginning of the brick buildings that people who go back that far remember very well were where they were facing on East Avenue on the east side and 15th Street on the north side. So a lot of old timers, to them, that's Brack is, or, or those buildings. And then when he died in 1928, I believe they named it, the city council named it after him. Hmm
0: who was uh dr bud dryden
1: interesting man he was the head of er for a very long time and his daughter was one of the the great sources in the story that i did and she remembers him just running that place you know very tightly he would come drop by all the time and when he would come through the front door the operator would would call up to all the nurses stations and say he's coming dr mm-hmm. dryden is coming <laughs> If there was a car wreck, he'd pull the family car over and and just take care of who was ever ill and, and at least one time sent the family home. Uh, you know while he took care of people and and and
0: oh the daughters were remembering that's what her childhood was yeah. like dad was always fixing
1: people she grew up in the ER so anyway he later became a city council member uh was the person who's responsible for get, getting us EMF cuz back in the day you know not that long ago during the 60s during the tower shooting the ambulances were driven by funeral homes and oh wow oh yeah in competition they'd all race to go down there to to get the <laughs> There was the, no system in place. There was no emergency. The Wild West, right? So. And he was the one who got that done in the seventies. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: EMS is county funded, and which makes me think of this. Wasn't there some with Brackenridge
1: some controversy
0: over who pays for what between
1: city early and county? On, early on, it was it was the city county hospital originally in eighteen eighty four. One would say, well, we're not going to pay for overtime, or we're not going to pay for nurses' uniforms, and so eventually the city said no we'll just do it i apologize for referencing
0: this so often on the podcast but we're in the midst of the covid-19 That's pandemic right. and and when you think about the history of Brackenridge and having been around since 1884 they went through smallpox in 1915 Spanish flu, four years later, mm-hmm. 1918, which recurred a c- mm-hmm. couple of times, and then in the 30s, tuberculosis.
1: Absolutely. One of the main reasons for, to have a hospital is to control public health emergencies, and um, and sometimes they require isolation, which is why they they built a kind of a, a satellite out uh, off of what is now MLK, Tannehill Road. Uh, that was where the tuberculosis patients went to recover. That building's still there. Hmm. It's uh, now being used by the Salvation Army. It's actually a beautiful modernist building.
0: I, one of the things that came to my attention as I'm reading that this, you know, a lot of people like me feel like, The world has never experienced a pandemic. Yes, we have. And and we've done an episode about that. And it just
1: reminds you, like, those were back to back to back. Oh, absolutely. And part of the problem was, is they did not have a lot of the tools that we have today. I mean, you were more likely to die in many cases of some kind of bacteriological uh, uh, infection that you got while you were trying to recover from Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a lot... Better medical tools to take care of the the side issues you had already
0: mentioned it in passing a second ago, but the uh, the Charles Whitman shooting from the tower was that's that's where all these all people were went. going it yeah. was chaos it at was brackenridge on that day,
1: and I've heard many different. Versions of of these stories, but yeah, the from the police, from the from ambulance drivers from, and, and the ER uh, uh, personnel, it was a war zone, as as the cliche it goes. But people were you know up and down the corridors, on gurneys, and we'd never seen anything like it, and neither had the world at that right. point.
0: Yeah, now it's such a common occurrence on a
1: hospital show. Mm-hmm. You know the the shooter and. Yeah. Well, this was the first mass shooting on a U.S. campus and one of the first big public mass shootings. And I'm sure we're going to do a future
0: episode where we go into
1: that much deeper. Let's
0: get an expert on. We want those guests on. I know. We're looking forward to that when things return to normal. And I do enjoy names that I've heard forever and don't know the context of them.
1: So how does Neil Kasurik fit into the picture? Oh, yeah. He was a a doctor. And an amazing city leader like Brackenridge was back in the early 20th century. He was that in the late 20th century. He was the able to put together the profit, nonprofit model that became St. David's Healthcare. You know, we have the St. David's Foundation, which is one of the two or three largest foundations in town, and they do amazing work. Well, they're able to do that because the the hospital administration is set up such that There is a for-profit partner and then the foundation. It was unique at the time. It took Chris Eric years to get that through the IRS. The city has benefited ever since. And that's only one of the many, many things that he campaigns, that he was the brave civic leader.
0: And I'm making the assumption that that's the elementary school namesake. Yes, and, and our convention
1: center. And our convention
0: center. Nobody ever says that. That's right. It doesn't get the
1: credit. No, well, it's too long. Yeah. The Neil Kasurak Greater Austin Convention Center. Yeah, no. That didn't even dawn on me because people don't uh, put it in
0: that same context. Austin Found is brought to you by the LBJ Presidential Library. More info at lbjlibrary.org. Again, I love putting the names together for from our city history and couldn't help but notice uh, when I'd go through the Miller development There's a Philomena Street, and Mm -hmm. and you just see it and you go, that is an unusual street name. (laughs) You know, and I just, it stuck with me that, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I remember where that street is? Because it is an unusual name, but it ties into the the, the
1: Brackenridge story. Well, eventually in in the 1990s, uh, the city gave the uh, administration of Brack over to an order of, of Catholic sisters who had been running Seton. They started out on, on 26th Street, West 26th Street in West Campus area, and then moved up to 38th Street and have a campus there. And now they have many campuses, including the, the Children's Hospital at Miller mm-hmm. and the, the College uh, Medical Center. Uh, Philomena, Sister Philomena was the cook at the old Seton Infirmary on 26th. And during the Depression, she would open up the kitchen to the hungry hospital hmm. kitchen she'd feed them out the back door and and that's really the only kind of like bread line that i've heard about it in the great depression i'm sure there were others and,
0: oh in this city in the city i mean i just we all we all have those images
1: of new york city having bread lines but and, yeah. just i haven't run across that hmm. that often and anyway she cooked for for seaton for like I don't know, four or five decades, and that's oh, wow. that's who, who the, the street and the Miller development is named for. Now, we'll
0: come back to the, as you hinted, the medical school piece of it, but it was under construction forever, you know, like the 60s into the 80s, and they just kept, I think on another episode, you... Reference old hospitals, how they add on and they add yeah, on. And yeah, it's like a yeah, maze yeah, to make its yeah. way around.
1: Well, St. David's, for instance, started out uh, in the old infirmary just north of the Capitol, moved to the Judges Hills neighborhood, and now is up northeast of campus. And those are our three traditional hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and baylor gotten why just come in to uh, invade. <laughs> no, I mean, they're doing great work. It's, it's competitive it's a, business. It's a competitive business. Yeah. And so the the, the buildings that are coming down now that are, are almost gone up on 15th Street once they built the new university medical school hospital. They were built, yes, over the course of many years in the sixties and seventies, which is why the building didn't fit together. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get so lost in there. know and, yeah. and, and and the same is true with The yeah. Same is true. Parts of it just don't even connect and you're like, where am I now? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. but that's that's hospital. They got to be constantly updated. Yeah. Our technology changes year by year. You know, in the story we talked about when, when the first open-heart surgeries were, and were at BRAC when TVs came in and computers came in. And it's a rapidly changing world.
0: At one point, a bunch of the old bricks ended up in a river. Oh, no, that was the
1: previous BRAC. Okay. That was the brick Brack. <laughs> brick BRAC? <laughs> what, what, what we know as okay. BRAC in our time here is is the concrete BRAC. Okay. That's the one that's coming down now. I know the asbestos has been uh, abated in there, but I don't think they've done the big bomb. You know, the big dynamite. Totally come down now.
0: Okay, our former mayor Kirk Watson, who in my lifetime one of our finest mayors, had a ten goals in ten years thing, Mm -hmm. and one of those items. Was the medical school. And right. now, we, you know, now here we are, you got, right. the, you know, the university and you've got the Dell surname and funding and, yeah. and all of this coming together for a city, a prosperous city like this to have a, a medical teaching hospital.
1: Absolutely. The fact that we don't have, we didn't have a, a medical school in a city this size and with a large university. It goes way back into UT history. When they decided, voted, the state voted on where to put the university and Waco was our big competition. Hmm. Um, They chose Austin for the the main university, but they chose Galveston for the medical school. And of course, Galveston was the big city in the state at the time before the hurricane changed all that.
0: I know one of my best friends went to that medical school, Uh, best friends from college. And yeah, that school got wiped out
1: in the hurricane.
0: Well, it's it's I mean, it's functioning, but it was disabled. It, it
1: has it has been hurt by a lot of hurricanes, yeah, let's say. Right, right. But the city is no longer one of the largest ones. So finally, it took somebody like Mayor Watson, who had, had then become a, a state senator to set up these goals. We need a, a health district where we have a tax source. We need clinics everywhere. We need to stop thinking about sending sick people to the hospital and rather keeping them healthy Mm -hmm. before they need to go again
0: back to that fear of going to the hospital we
1: need the new teaching hospital we need the new medical school there are so many things that were part of his plan that all are coming true one part of it that is not yet and the part of it has to do with just uh, planning on the land and what to do with it there's supposed to be a health innovation community where the old rack was once that completely comes down it is uh you know like biotech center and that's one something we have been far behind in in this city is we we have a lot of high tech but not as much biotech as say san antonio or a lot of other cities san francisco for sure interestingly our medical school when it came on board and uh, came online and I guess that was two thousand sixteen or so. We stole a lot of the faculty from, from UC San Francisco. Oh is the that medical right? We there. Just poached them? <laughs> One of the best. <laughs> when just as they just came in, in and and I kept thinking, why did they do that? You know, of course. Yeah.
0: I don't know much about the, you know, the medical industry and these university hospitals, but it sounds like they all kind of they want to hang their hat on something. We mm. are the premier of this, and mm-hmm. you say that's biotech? Is there
1: probably one? No, of I, I think that's just uh, offshoot because, and okay. they already have uh, certain partnerships going in those two new buildings that that are, are are down on the other side of Waller Creek from the the new hospital. But they want to really have a large uh, center for biotech there. You no, know, I think some of the things that they have become good at early on this medical school, one of them is actually kind of whole body healthcare. care mm. is like, how do you take care of people without them having to go? One of the key things about going keep from- Keep them out of the hospital. Keep them out of the hospital. Yeah. You go, it, one of the things when they moved from BRAC over to the new university medical center is they didn't change the number of beds, mm. even though the city's growing super fast, because part of the whole approach is take care of them in the clinics. Mm. And uh, they also have a lot of experts, I think, in trauma
0: Brackenridge
1: was the trauma center. It was the trauma center. It was our first top trauma center, yeah. and uh, you know, it's its offspring, the Dell Children's, had one of the first children's uh, trauma centers yeah. in the state. So.
0: Might I make a suggestion if they are going to specialize in something? Mm-hmm. I think vaccines would be a good oh, area Oh, that would Vax be timely. <laughs> Just putting that out there. I don't know if you're having a meeting. Uh, wanna... Yeah,
1: that would be timely. <laughs> yeah. I hate to joke about it. I mean, no, we're in the middle I of know. this super serious pandemic, but, but yeah. All right. Well, thanks for
0: tuning in to Austin Found again. And we do love getting your emails, uh, any kind of feedback, criticisms, you name it we don't maybe get everything right? Yep. No, oh, are you
1: kidding? <laughs> How could we? We have no reference works down here to look it up. If, when I'm working at home, I've got like the world to look up and here I'm just doing it off the top of my head.
0: I know, I know. No, you're doing a fantastic job and it's just it's funny cuz we we what I'm, my point is we're open to criticism as we well are. as feedback we and suggestions and Julie wrote in. Julie it looks like Julie Moore. She says, uh, I worked with Paisley Robertson back here in the 70s. It was a great country western concert and dance hall. I believe it was on North Loop. It had the most beautiful parquet dance floor. Uh, anyway, Paisley knows so much more than I do. She is going to call you. She has <laughs> photos, too. So many great people perform there, including George Jones. Wow. It's a wonderful piece of Austin history. And what's the name of the place? Uh, it was called El Paso
1: Cattle Company. Right. El Paso Cattle Company off North Loop. Have you written about that? No, she's the one who alerted me to it okay. But I've written about Paisley And Paisley would be a good guest on the show <laughs>
0: Oh, okay Again, when we can have guests We're definitely going down there Julie, thanks for your email If you'd like to write to us mbarnes at statesman.com Or Hager at statesman.com And pick up your copies of Indelible Austin At book people or any place where books are sold Get all three volumes, get them for your friends it Makes a great gift Indelible pack, right? Austin And thanks for tuning in to Austin Found.